0: James chapter 1, starting in verse 21. While you're turning there, um, I got a note that there is a light blue Saturn whose lights are on. License plate GAA 196. Your headlights are on. Light blue Saturn. All right. Book of James chapter 1, starting in verse 21. I believe we're going to read to verse 25 <clears> to <throat> read the word together. It says, "Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. God, it's a lamp unto our feet, a light upon our path. I ask that Your Spirit of truth and revelation would come upon us. God, speak to us. Come on, ask Him to speak to you tonight. Father, we pray, God, for revelation from Your Word, God, that You would pierce our hearts. I ask, God, as Your Word goes forth, that it would burn faith into the hearts of Your people. And we thank You, God. Holy Spirit, come in the preaching of Your Word tonight. In Jesus' name, we thank You. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Now, the word tonight is comes from something I believe that God has been speaking to me. And it was confirmed today when I had a conversation with Pastor Vince so that, you know, if you have any prophetic bone in your body, you can feel that there's a, a real stirring that's happening. And what needs to come, there's so many things happening that we don't, we don't have enough Bodies enough people to really see all that God wants to do fulfilled to the best of our ability. And the word tonight, I pray, will stir you up and, and help you to do all that God has called you to do. That's something that has, you know, for me, that God has put as a burden upon my heart. I, I really, with all that I am, want to see everyone equipped to do what God has called you to do. I want to see God's purpose for your life fulfilled. I want you to be walking in His power and His anointing and fulfilling your calling. And this message really comes out of that, the desire to see that. And not only for myself, but our church as a whole, that's one of our, our core, the vision, visions of our church is uh, be a disciple, make a disciple. We want to see people raised up uh, in ministry and equipped to, equipped really for the work of ministry. And in counseling over the years and discipling different ones, there's a number of questions and concerns that I regularly see come up concerning, um, you know, ministry. How to get into ministry? How to? How do I even start to do what God has called me to do? Or how do I even figure out? How do you know what God is calling you to do? How do you know what your calling is? How do you? Uh, um, Get into ministry, and even why would you want to? So hopefully, we're going to be able to address these different things that I, I believe that uh, people have questions about this evening. First, you know, before we get into anything else, we want to answer the question, why? Why do I need to do anything for God? Why can't I just come and sit in my chair, in the same chair I sit in every service? And why can't I do that just all my life? I mean, what's the problem? It's nice. It's comfortable. And a number of reasons. First off, you know, God's Word says to this things that need to be done. God's Word says, you know, you don't see, what I constantly see in God's Word is go, do, work, like just as we read in James. I know this scripture applies to, um, not living in sin, but to uh, be steadfast and faithful in, in your spiritual body, but also it's Talks about doing the work. The verse I really wanted to point out is in 25. It says, But he who looks into the perfect love for liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You know, God is calling us. There's callings, there's a purpose for each of our lives. One of my favorite messages of all time to preach. of my favorite things to preach is our identity and our uniqueness. If you haven't heard it uh, and you haven't been uh, with me in any of our our meetings where I've said this, you know, God has made you unique. If you didn't know that, God has made you unique. You're not like me. You're not like anybody else. You're not going to do anything like anybody else. God has made you you, unique. Your personality, your callings, the giftings He's given you, that mix, that's you. That's you alone. And this doesn't go with the message, but I'll, I'll tack it on because some of you might need to hear this. That worship and love that you have, God can't get from anybody else like He can get it from you. You've got that certain specific flavor that God desires of love. So if somebody can't worship God for you, someone can't love God for you, it's on you. He's made you unique. And, and even within that uniqueness, we each have a unique calling and a purpose that God has placed within us. Now, I have other schools of people who say, well, aren't we supposed to, you know, it, it, they say they use scriptures to say, you know, it's not about works. Salvation not about works. That's true. We can't work to get our salvation. Jesus already did all that for us. And people say, you know, aren't we supposed to Rest. Yes, I've preached on rest. We're supposed to rest. We're supposed to rest in God. But what I've found is that the perfect, the purpose for that rest is so you can get strengthened and and renewed to go do some more. It's not about we can just sit and, I I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody or hurt anybody, but I've seen too many people, they, they, and and this is a great thing. I'm trying, I'm not trying to knock it. You know, they're, they're just constantly in, in worship, constantly in prayer. That's tremendous but there's a purpose for that there's a doing that needs to come after that god fills you so that you can pour out onto other people we're not supposed to it reminds me of when the manna came uh when the children of israel were were um, In the wilderness, and they couldn't contain, they couldn't keep any of it. God was pouring it out afresh, and He gave them enough for that day. They couldn't store any of it, it would just go bad. God wants to pour into us so that we can pour into others. That's where that rest comes into play. But God is calling us to do. You know, the purpose of resting in Him is for the strength to continue doing. Why do we need to do anything? Secondly, we'll be judged according to how we steward our gifts and callings. Pastor Daniel just talked about this, talking about the judgment seat of Christ. When we die as Christians, we get to the judgment seat and getting there, it's not about whether we're going to go to heaven or hell because we're saved as believers. You're going to go to heaven. But you're going to be judged according to whether you fulfilled what you were called to do, whether you were a good steward with what God had given you on this earth. If you've got a calling, God's told you to do this, and you never fulfill it, You'll be judged according to that. So a warning to some of you. That's something that God has put upon my heart that has convicted me very much at times that to be a good steward with uh, the anointing that He's placed upon my life. And thirdly, we're talking about why we need to do anything anyway. Lastly, uh, and let me just say this. I've got a couple lists on here. No, in no way are they um, complete lists. These are just something that God's been speaking to me now. There's even more. So uh, lastly on there, you'll never be fully satisfied. You'll never be fully satisfied in life unless you're doing what God has called you to do. You can be a Christian. You can come to church. You can be going after God with all your heart. But if you never do go and do what He's placed upon you to do, you're never really going to be fully satisfied. All right. We're talking about why. Why? Why do I need to do anything? Why does God need me? You know, Can He just do it Himself? Can He just make it happen? Yeah. I'm sure He can. He can do anything. But you know what? He chooses to use us. He brings it to a whole other level. It's not that, oh, now I have to do something for God. I am allowed. I have the privilege to co-labor with the Creator. He has placed... He's Given me stewardship over this specific purpose. One, uh, for the leaders out here, leaders in our church or leaders in business, one of the uh, great quotes that I've heard lately is from a man named Andy Stanley. He does uh, uh, leadership teaching. He's a pastor, I believe, North, North Point Church. And he says this statement. Leadership is stewardship. And it's temporary. And you're accountable. Leadership is just stewarding. It's just... Let, Let me use me as an example. Right now, Pastor Daniel's not here. This is Pastor Daniel's church. He has given me this platform to steward over just tonight. This is his platform. And you go up, this is Dr. Morocco's platform. Ultimately, this is God's platform. And i'm i i've been giving given the privilege of stewarding over it, and you know what i'm going to be judged according to what i say and you know what so is Pastor Daniel and dr morocco why does god meet, need you well he doesn't, but he gets to we he gets to use you hallelujah. we're talking about why how how can I do anything how can i do anything in ministry? How can I do anything for God? Uh, am I even qualified to do anything? That's a great uh, um, question that I've heard from many different different people. And what I've told everyone: once you get saved, you're qualified to do something. And you know, we get so caught up in we got to go to counseling forever and we got to get all this healing and we got to get classes. Those are great things. And yes, you should be doing that. But you shouldn't allow those things to hinder you from doing something for God. Once you get saved, you have got the certification to go and tell somebody about Jesus. To go tell somebody what God has done for you. Something that, because of what I've done in the past, that disqualifies me from doing anything for God. It's too big. My sin was too much. And really, if you break it down, what you're saying is that what Jesus did upon the cross wasn't big enough for your sin. Your sin was too big and too bad. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no sin that won't be covered over by the blood of Jesus. If you're a believer, there's no sin. And you can be used of God. You have something. When we when we receive salvation, we say that it's Christianese, you, you hear this all the time, you receive a free gift. We receive a free gift. The thing about that gift is a requirement comes to give that gift, to be a dispenser of that thing. That, that's right there from salvation comes the uh, commandment that Jesus did just before He left the earth to go into all the world and preach the good news. Once we've received that, it's upon us then to go out into all the world, go to everyone around us, and tell them what God did for us. Uh, A message I preach about uh, evangelism that God really put up on my heart is that we hear that Scripture quoted all the time, go into all the world and preach the good news. And we never go anywhere because it's just a generality. All the world is all the world around you right now. The people at your work. The people you're in, your family, the world that encompasses you now, that's what God is calling you to do. Let me just qualify that and say this, that if you're at work, do your job. And then you can witness to people. I, I don't want, you know, you gotta be a good steward with what is God, God's given you as a job and you gotta be, uh, you gotta have integrity in that. But everybody, every believer, you know, when saved, every believer is qualified to do something. You know, and one more thing on that, if you had some trauma in your life, something happened, you overcame this thing, You used to be uh you used to be addicted to drugs and you overcame it, I mean, you got saved and God helped you to overcome it, awesome. That is not going to hold you back from doing something for God. That's actually becomes a tool that you can use to see other people who are where you were and say, "Hey, come on, this is what God did for me. You come on, come on. You know, I know it looks difficult. It's hard right now, but you can make it. I made it. I've been through that. I've seen that. I've had those emotions. I've had that problem. I know how, and God helped me. It goes back to how the Word says that everything that's evil, God turns to good. Everything that the enemy means for bad, God has turned to good. And that's the same thing in our lives. Those things that have happened, maybe something happened to you in your childhood, maybe you uh, made some bad decisions, God can use those things for His glory. If You allow Him to. People say, you know, but I didn't take classes, I didn't get counseling, yes, you need to grow in God, yes, you need to get healing, but again, don't let it hinder you. You Don't wait until you've got everything in your life fixed. (laughs) Yeah. Don't wait until you've got everything fixed to do something for God, because I'll tell you, that's not going to happen. There's always something. God is always perfecting us. God is always Christ is always being formed in us. One of the greatest pictures, uh, examples that I've seen in Scripture concerning this is if, you know, when you read the Scriptures um, in the Gospel, this happens that Jesus and the disciples are crossing this lake. They get to the other side into the the region of Gadara. And if if any of you have read the text you see that as he comes over this man that lives in the tomb there he's uh, possessed by many demons he comes running out he comes running down there he's you know butt naked he's uh, you know he's all cut up he's got chains he's broken the chains over there it's a, a great section of text to read but the guy comes running down he's all possessed uh Jesus talks to him and I'm summing up but if you got the chance I want you to read it uh he runs down there he starts talking to Jesus um Jesus wants to cast the demons out of him. The demons say, you know, cast us into these pigs over there. Jesus casts the devils out of him. They go into the pigs. The pigs run into the water and drown. And all the the men that were there that were taking care of the pigs and feeding them, they take off to the city and they're there to tell what happened, you know, because that'd be a crazy thing. This is not just a small herd. This is a lot, a lot of pigs. They had herds of hundreds of pigs. And when they come back, Those men who ran to the town to tell the people what happened, when they come back, they find Jesus seated with the man, and he was in his right mind and clothed. And it goes on to say that when Jesus and the disciples were leaving, the man says, teacher, let me go with you. Let me go with you. Jesus says, no. What I want you to do, I want you to go back to the Decapolis, where you came from, and tell them what God has done for you. The yeah, first many times i read this, I didn't understand. Decapolis is not just one city. It's an area of ten cities. And Jesus says, go back and tell them what God has done for you. He's giving him a mission field. He just got delivered of what in the scripture says is the legion because he was filled with many demons. I don't know how long we would have that person in counseling and he'd have to get, you know, do, go through all these tests and all these things would have to happen. Jesus says, you know what? You've met me face to face. You've had an encounter with me. I want you to go and tell them what God has done. You look at his disciples, farmers, fishermen, the Apostle Paul when he was Saul. You know he killed Christians really. That's what he did. And he can use anybody. He can use he can use me. Before I did this, I actually I was a fisherman. That's all. I, there's only two things I know how to do. This, which I'm learning, and I believe all my life God's going to continue to teach me, and fishing. Commercial fishing. Those are the only things that I really know how to do. God says that's okay. Isn't that crazy? I, I, I'll be real transparent. I went to a Bible college for a year, two semesters. I didn't. I didn't make it. I didn't even pay very good attention. I didn't do very well. God was still working in me. Uh, this was a number of years ago. I, I In my eyes, there's nothing special about me. Though God says I'm special. You know, did you know that I'm His favorite? You know that you're His favorite? There's something that people say that if everyone's special, nobody's special. That's not true in the kingdom of God. We're all uniquely special in God. I just keep coming back to that unique thing. Because I think some of you need to hear it. You're uniquely special to God. The, The closest thing my mortal mind can come to... Uh, using as an example is me with my children. I love my children. You now, Esli, you know, she's my favorite, and so is Judah, so is Jonathan, because each of them, I love. I even wondered before I had more than one. When I, we just said Esli, how am I this love I have for her, how am I going to be able to love another child like that? I, I have a hard time putting it into words because I love them uniquely. You know, they're so different. And so great, I love them separately, and that's the same way that God loves us. That's the closest thing my mind can come to. He loves us. We're His favorite. We're special to Him, and He wants to use us for His purposes. Isn't that tremendous. I got to hurry up here. I'm running out of time. We talked about why. Why would we want to be used of God? How? How can we uh, get in, How can we uh, do something for God? And what? What can I do? And you know, I'm just so glad you guys asked all these questions tonight. It's it's just so great. I wanted to thank you. Um, what can we do? You know, One, where do we begin? How do we begin doing something for God? Like I said, when you get saved, you get a license. You can go and witness to somebody. Tell them about Jesus. I don't know how many times I've seen somebody get miraculously saved, You know, especially with construction workers. You see them come in, get saved, and then they go out and they tell their buddies about Jesus. But there's a lot of things that if it was on TV or the radio, you'd hear a lot of bleep, 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 and you should come to Jesus. But they're getting healed just like anybody else. But they're doing something for God. That's the qualification, witnessing. So get out there. I want to encourage you. Get out there. Tell somebody about what God did for you. Secondly, praying for people. I just, this is just day one, how to begin doing something for God. Praying for people. This can be so scary for, for people. And I know it was for me. Even within the church, when Pastor Daniel would ask me to pray for someone, I... He's not here. He's probably watching. Hey, Pastor. I used to, I would hide in the back because I knew he was going to call on me. But there was a revelation that came in my life that helped me to get over that. It's this. When we pray for people, I'll just use healing as an example. Pray for something for healing. Someone has cancer. Pray for them to be healed. That's so scary, right? How are we going to pray for them to be healed? We don't know anything about that. I can't heal nobody. That's the key to it, though. I can't heal anybody. The key is, all we're doing, we step into an opportunity. There's an opportunity for God, for us to be used by God, for His glory to come. We step into that thing, and that's it. It's His, His responsibility then. Whether they get healed or not, it's just, I'm just following through with what He told me to do. I'm gonna pray for you. Then it's on God. And that, I'm telling you, that released me from a whole lot of anxiety. Like, I gotta pray for people now. I don't know if I got faith for that. I'm telling you, I got faith for it. It's not on me. You know, I gotta be prayed up. I gotta be living holy, yeah. But I just it's just an opportunity. I want to encourage some of you. If you've never prayed for someone for healing, do it. it doesn't matter if they get healed, I'll tell you right now. Somebody's gonna be encouraged, whether it's them or you. I've prayed for people, I'll use this one example, I really gotta hurry up, but I was in this altar and I believe God was telling me to pray for this man a certain way. And If you've ever seen defibrillators used, you know, they. they, from what I've seen from TV, and if there's nurses in here, they're going to be like, that's probably not how you do it. But (laughs) you see them, rub them together, and then you put them on them and you yell clear. Okay. I felt like that's what God wanted me to do in the altar. It's like right here. I was right here. I was like, okay. I don't know about that. Okay, and not only that, he wanted me to do it three times. Okay, one time, and not quietly. Okay, when they when they yell clear, it, it, they really it's you know because if someone's touching that person, they're going to get shocked too. And so I did it three times. I did. I just thought, okay, do, I'm just I'm God, I'm going to do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do it. I did it. He was visibly not touched. But you know what? I had some faith. I just did something for God I never did before. I just stepped out in faith. I didn't know what was going to happen. And you know what? I made it. I made it out. Nothing crazy happened. And I didn't see Him get touched. That doesn't mean He didn't get touched. Or his heart didn't get healed. Who knows what happened? I know that I got encouraged and something in me changed. So I encourage you, if you've never done that, go to Walmart. You pray for something All these things keep coming to mind. A vision that God had given me um, years ago, even when we were helping with the youth group here, was you know if one person goes down to Walmart tonight and prays for someone in a wheelchair or someone who's visibly, someone who's sick, and they get healed. And they go, they, they, somebody, they know there's somebody else there who needs healing. They go and they tell them, they, they say, come on, I, I want you to pray for this person. You pray for them, they get healed. And, and that keeps happening. All of a sudden, you've got a few, few people around you. People are getting healed. All of a sudden, they kick you out. You've got to be in the parking lot because there's so many people getting healed. So many people getting touched by God. You're out there and more people are coming because I'll tell you, if you pray for somebody, and they get a leg grown back. They're gonna call somebody who needs healing that they know. And the vision that God gives me, that happens. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're in the parking lot, but you've got to go and rent a building or something because God's moving, and and you don't have a place that to... you can't keep doing it in the parking lot. And what I'm saying might sound, you know, so hypothetical. That may happen. I don't know. That's the kingdom of God. That's God moving on the earth. That's God moving through us. If you got, if God has a people who yielded and just follow and do what He says, those things become commonplace. That becomes the normal. You know, it's that quick. That quick. That what I just said can happen within a day. And revival breaks out in Alaska. Even greater than it already is. Now that's, we're talking about what you can do. That's that's the beginning. That's where you can begin. Um, and and I've been encouraging so many people lately, especially young men, uh, finding out what God has called you to do. You know, God gives you desire the desires of your heart. And how many know, you know, there are fleshly desires that you've got to put down. But ultimately, God gives you the desires of your heart. God has placed a desire in my heart to see Uh, The villages in Alaska changed. I grew up in Igigik in a small village here. And I know the darkness, the things that can happen. He's placed that burden, that desire within my heart. And I believe many of you, He's given you that. He's shown you something. Dreams, visions. You younger people, you might not even know though. I remember. I had no idea what God has called you to do. I don't know. How do I know that? How do I figure it out? You know how I found out you, you figure that out? you just start going you start doing you start serving you get in a ministry you get in a small group and you do something your vision enlarges when you start doing something broad, he he you see just so far god can see everything but he starts enlarging your vision as you do as you go people say you know talking about ministries and small groups there there isn't really anything for me to do everybody's already doing everything I'm going to tell you from the inside, I know there's more to do than even we have the amount of people in the church to do. The things that are happening, I've even been feeling in the supernatural lately, there's just coming such a radical growth, not just in our church, but in the body of Christ, that we need all hands on deck. We need people going after God, doing what He's called them to do. If you've got a desire to be in a ministry, do it. There's room for you. I will tell you right now, there is room for you. I mean, have you seen Micah on a Sunday morning? He's like a blur. The guy's got a million things to do. I know because I had that job years ago. (coughs) And then he's got what I did and then he's got leading worship on top of that. There's tremendous, there's many, there's no end to the things that need to be done. There's always something. There's always a place to serve. And people say, you know, I, I really don't have any gifts. I'll tell you right now, you're not that special. You're special, but you're not that special. You're not the only one that God created, you know, without gifts. You're not, you know, that's not you. You've got gifts. I didn't think so. Like I said, when I came in here, I just I only knew how to fish. How am I going to use that? God's helped me. God's helped me to realize I have gifts that I didn't know I had. I didn't realize it. You, once you, I'll tell you, once you get in, you start serving. These things that are inside you, you didn't know were there. They start coming out and they start flourishing. The gifts start growing. Your vision expands. If you didn't know, almost seven years ago now, I think, I walked in back into the church and I started running sound. And that's what I did. Uh, really... You know, the media department grew, but I was still running sound until the day I left to go and um, help with the, you know, plant the church in Delta Junction, to restart the church in Delta Junction. That's what I did. How does that happen? How do you go from media, from a ministry especially, that's not in the front? You know, I wasn't leading worship. I wasn't leading the the youth ministry. I wasn't youth pastor or anything. I was faithful. And I came and I showed up and I said, what do you want me to do? I'll tell you, those aspiring to be in full-time ministry, show up. Go to morning prayer. Get in the prayer times. Turn your phone on and answer when people call you. I will tell you, I don't know how many opportunities I received within this church because I would answer my phone. I'll tell you, you might not believe me, but times when Pastor Daniel wanted somebody else to open service or do this or do that, I wasn't necessarily his first choice. But I was there and he can get a hold of me. Sometimes that's all it is. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. You show up. You know, we don't have to be something, you know, think we're something special in you know, all this training. He wants to use you how you are. Is my wife in here? I don't see her. Mike, can you help me out? Can you grab her for me? <clears throat> One more thing. When you do that. When you take that step of faith and say, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do it. I don't necessarily feel qualified or like I really can do it. God releases the corresponding anointing. When we say yes, when we take that step of faith, He releases that anointing. One of the greatest things that happened to me that really shot me forward in ministry, and I've used this example here many times, we were upstairs after a leaders' meeting, I was down here. Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen were upstairs, and it was about to—we were—it was time to start service. It was time to open, and I hadn't done it before. This is a long time ago. I went up there and I told Pastor Daniel, "Okay, Pastor, uh, it's time. It's six o'clock. This is Sunday night. It's six o'clock. We got to open. It's time to go." He looks at me and he says, "Why don't you open? Or would you like to open?" I'm like, "Uh, "Not really." And Pastor Karen, she looked at me and she said, "This, don't shrink back." Yeah, I didn't open service that night, but every opportunity after that, whenever he would ask me to do something, I was like, "Yes, yes, I can do it." So I'll tell you right now, our pastor is great. He's spirit led. He, he's a great job. And if he thinks you can do it, you can do it. Praise God. So don't shrink back. You know, do something for God. We all, we all can do something for God. There's so many things I, I want to stress it again tonight. The, the movement, the the thing that's happening, and, and this was really again confirmed to me. Uh, can you play for me, babe? Um, when I was talking to Pastor Vince today, he feels the same thing, and uh, was just expressing to me that there's something happening. There's a growing. That there's something, and it's it's. It can be gradual sometimes. This is going to be, I think, really fast. feels like this is really going to happen. And it's a great time right now to jump on board and hang on. I want to encourage you to not. If you're not a part of a ministry, be a part of a ministry, a small group. If there's not a ministry that you want to do and you feel like, you know, I'd like to see this ministry happen, talk to somebody We've got lots of room for more ministries. We want to see all kinds of things happen. We want to see more ministries like our native dance team. And we want to see more ministries for native Alaskans, for every ethnicity, every age, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every kind of people God wants to use you to do it. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you stand up on your feet? Praise Him. I want to pray for us tonight that God would bring that calling to life. That God would release dreams and visions. Prophetic words. Specifically, I felt that there's ones in this room who God has given visions and dreams to before and it seemed seemed like that wasn't going to happen and you just kind of let it go. Within this message, He brought it back to your mind. He wants to do that thing. He put that burden and desire on your heart for a reason. Uh, maybe just say this one thing with it before we, we move on. If you have a desire to do a ministry and do something for God, you don't have to just get in a ministry that aligns with that. You just get into it a ministry. You just start doing something for God. One thing that I learned years ago in this church is that when you become a part and start doing things toward a vision that's bigger than you, the vision that God has given you for yourself and your life comes to pass. And it comes to pass quicker than if you tried to just do your thing, your thing, I want my vision, I want my dream to happen. If you get behind a vision like we have as a church, your dream will come to pass. Now, if this isn't your home church, find a place to serve in your church. Find this place to serve. Find a ministry. Find something that you can do there. You know, why? people ask me, I'm really losing time, but people ask me, you know, how come it has to be within a church? Well, one of the things I've learned is we all need training. We need accountability. That's why we have this prophetic uh, the prophetic training and that we have, um, I don't want to say regulations, but we, we kind of do on prophetic and how that's released because we need training. One of the greatest examples I've seen of that is a, a basketball team that's never had any coaching. They don't know the rules. They don't know how to play. They're going to lose. doesn't matter if the other team stinks. As long as they know how to play and they know the rules, they're not going to get all the fouls. They're not going to um, get fouled out as quickly. They're going to win because they have some training. It's the same. That's why, as part of the reason for coming to church, for being in a ministry in a small group, to have someone to be accountable to and see that that calling and the desires grow and to see you trained and really equipped to do what, you call, what God's called you to do. So I want to pray for us tonight. But before we do that, real quickly, you know, all this is dependent upon salvation. All this is dependent upon having Jesus into your heart and believing in Him. So I want to put it to you tonight. Search your heart. Now, do you have Jesus in your heart? Has you, have you asked Him to be your Lord and be your Savior? Have you confessed your sins? Have you asked Him to come and wash you clean? We've all sinned. Jesus wants to touch you tonight. He wants to be your Savior. I want to give you an opportunity tonight. Just real quickly. If you've never... Ask Jesus into your heart. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Also, if you have, but you've fallen away, maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you've gotten hurt in the church and you stopped going and you really stopped serving God and you want to come back to Him. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And lastly, if you want to make sure that if you die today, God forbid, but if you die today, that you'd make it to heaven. We want to give you that opportunity. Jesus wants to come into your heart tonight. But real quick, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, you fall into any of those categories. I want you to lift your hand And on. One, two, three. Praise God. I see those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Come on, we're all going to pray together. Just repeat after me. We're going to pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying for my sin rising again from the grave. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me clean. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for You. Father, I thank You for those who have chosen You tonight. God, I thank You, God, that the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now because of this commitment to You. God, I pray now that You would fill them with Your Spirit. Fill them with Your Spirit. Give them a desire for You, a desire for the things of God, a desire to get into prayer and to get into Your Word. I thank You for them. Touch them today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. i got to close but real quick, if you feel a call upon your heart, you know, God's calling you in the ministry. It could be, it could be full-time ministry in the church. It could be, you know, God wants to use you in, in the business world. If you feel a call upon your heart, that yeah, God wants to use. That this message ministered to you. I want you to come up to the altar. I want you to come up to the front. I want to pray for you. If you feel, you know, you had a vision before. You had a dream before. that You, you had something that you felt that God was putting upon your heart. And you kind of lost it. And you want to see that thing renewed. I want you to come up here too. God wants to renew your vision tonight. He wants to enlarge your vision. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you. Just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. God's going to release vision upon you. He's going to give you dreams. He's going to renew vision. Just receive right now, Father, I thank you. God, as your people are standing here, desiring more of you and desiring to do something for you, I pray, God, that You'd release the faith and the anointing to see it happen. I pray that You'd renew vision. Those who've lost a dream, those who've lost a vision, where You've put a desire upon their heart, and they feel like they may have done something to cause it to not come about, I pray that You'd renew that thing. We call it forth right now in Jesus' name. Even I just feel even prophetic words. that been spoken over you years ago God is bringing that thing to pass I pray you do it right now right now I I just feel I gotta say it again God can use you no matter if you've never been in church before you just got saved God wants to use you maybe you've been in church, you were saved you backslid, you just got recommitted He wants to use you allow them to touch you right now. God anoint, them. anoint, them. anoint them right now, right
1: now. I thank you, thank you,
0: thank you. Real quickly, congregation, if you just stretch your hand out toward we want to pray for this. Anoint them real quick. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, take the hand of the person next to you. If you're in the altar, you can remain where you are. Just worship. Come on, we want to close. Take the hand of the person next to you. Pray for that person. Lift him up. Come on, write out loud. Father, we thank you for your people, thank you for what you've done. Thank You, God, that You can use us, Father, that You want to use us, that we can do something for You. It's such a great privilege. Now, I ask, God, that You touch Your people today. Release a boldness, God, to witness, to pray for people, God, to to expand Your kingdom upon this earth, to see Your glory come upon the earth, Father. We thank You. Bless families today. Pour out Your Spirit, Father. I thank You for each one. Finances, favor, blessing. We just thank You for all of it. In Jesus' name, bless your families. Bless the families, Father. I thank you for them. Give them desires of their hearts. Use them in power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to have you with us tonight, Holy Ghost Night. Don't forget to stop by the iDesk. Sign up for some things real membership, life groups, a small groups, ministries. Praise God.